Two Bald Pastors, episode 10. Did he ask you if you wanted to do it? He did not. Well, I've only done it a week, so I can't really say I'm, you know, 100% going to haul on it. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two Bald Pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. And together we are pastors serving in congregations in the New England Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, or as we like to say, the ELCA. Hi, Joe. How are you today? I am great, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Uh, today we're going to reflect a little bit on our conversation that we had with David Hansen. How's that sound, Joe? I am excited to follow up on that conversation a little bit because there was so much good stuff in our interview with David, and I know we can't touch on it all, but there were a few things that really stood out to me in the way that I am able to connect my faith with my life and how I can live out my faith every single day. You want to share what some of those are? Sure. I think the first thing, and, and I think I spoke a little bit about it on the podcast, is the intentional prayer time that David has for himself, for his church, and just for the people that are connected to him. So we discussed with David that on Thursdays, he typically makes uh, a car ride to uh, meetings, and he posts on Thursday morning that he is going to be headed out for the day, and he asks for prayer requests. And typically, his Facebook post has a number of people asking for prayer. And not only do they post it on Facebook, but he also receives text messages and private Facebook messages just for prayer. So he spends that time in intentional prayer. Yeah, I really like that too. I've, he's been doing that a long time, I and I enjoy that presence. I mean, he talked about uh, being a public witness in that regard, just in what it means to be a person of faith in the world, um, and not just as a pastor, but as a person. And the the other thing about that I like about it is it's anybody can do that. Right. You don't certainly need to be ordained. You don't need a degree. You don't have to have studied theology. You can just say, I'm going somewhere and I'm praying anybody anybody in. Right. And right. Uh, it's, it's a really, I mean, it's very practical. It's very invitational. It's not asking anybody to do something they feel uncomfortable with. It's really just, uh, it's just providing a space. And the, the thing about it that's so great is it's providing a space in a space you're already using. And he talked a little bit about that too, how like, well, I've got to drive this 40 minutes anyway. Um, why not make some good use out of it? And I, I love that. Yeah, I love that too. Part of his spiritual practice, his devotional time, and, and I think sometimes we, we're a little afraid when we talk about prayer or devotions or taking intentional time to connect with God because we're not sure what we can do or, or how to do it or where to start. And right, right. it's just taking the needs of ourselves or of others and just lifting them up to God and just asking, you know, if, if you are struggling with some sort of addiction to say, God, I don't know what to do anymore. I am struggling with this addiction and I'm lifting this up to you now. Please take this away from me and help me in my time of need. Or if, or if you have some sort of joy, you know, we don't need to only go to God if we 
are struggling in life, if we have some sort of joy, whether it be a new job, a, a new child or grandchild, to thank God for that. And, and God hears and, and loves those prayers as well. Yeah, and as we've uh, had other podcasts, we've had conversation about, you know, there's not a time where you're not in God's presence. Right, So it's right. not uh, flipping the God switch on, or it's not saying God's not invited into this moment in my life because God's there anyway. Um, but marking it somehow and saying, you know, this is not just a time for me to tune out to the world around me, but it's a time really to tune in to, to not just the needs that I have, but the needs around me and uh, to connect with how I understand God to be a part of that, into that, I think they can really, they can be really helpful to people as, as a person that just cares. Right. Know? And it's not that um, God needs our prayers, I think, more than, than we need time to lift that off to God. God yeah. knows what's going on in our life. God hears every thought we have. God knows what we need and what we know, don't need better than ourselves. But to have that time to just turn everything over to God and, and to clear our heart and to lift up others that we love and care about in, in prayer is really a powerful thing and, and really a helpful thing. Yeah, I think it was Frederick Beekner. He had a thing on vocation, and it was it was where the your passions and the world's needs meet. Yeah. And I like that, and vocation being, you know, where you serve in the world, not just your job or just the religious people, but, uh, you know, that we all have various vocations in which we, we serve others. Uh, but that's really where your passion and wh- where the needs of the world meet. And, and prayer is certainly that in a way that it, like you said, God doesn't need it, but we do. Right. And it's uh, it's a thing that changes us, right? It, it opens possibilities we didn't see there before, or it, uh, it helps connect us to others in ways that we may not have before, or at least in a, a special kind of way, you can't just put a number or a, a tangible thing on but somehow you know, it binds us together in, a, in a, a very special way. But just to, uh, you know, especially driving, you think it, it's, it's a contact sport and it's an individual sport 90% of the time. <laughs> right, right. But to think of that as here's my avenue to connect with people while I'm doing this other activity and connect to God at the same time who already is connected with us. Yeah, I just, I've admired that offering that uh, David has lifted up and keeps lifting up not just as something he does, but also as a, as a role model, as an example of something to say, well, I could do that, and uh, maybe we should. Yeah, and, and it's that model that I think as, as pastors, we can very easily do that for, for people. And I, I think many of us, I know I do, and I, I think you said that you do, and, and David talked about it, we pray for the people in our congregation, on a regular basis, right? We but we don't often let people know, and and not that it's bragging or anything like that, but it's when we pray for people. I think people really like that and feel closer to God and and, and even closer in that relationship to to know that they are being prayed for, that they are being cared for, and it, it's just a very powerful thing, right? So, what are some of the ways that uh, you? pray? Do you have any particular prayer patterns or, or the way that you really connect with God? Uh, a couple things. We have, um, actually, my minute message that's coming out this week is exactly this. We uh, we have a little bulletin board at home that's maybe a 18-inch square that we hang on our, our wall in our kitchen. And on it, we have Mia made a little thing that says prayer reminders, and then we, we put names of people up there. Oh, nice. So the thing that's great about it is, you know, when we're doing prayers at night, 
together or with the kids, um, you know, we'll lift up people that are on that list. But the, the better part of that for me actually is just the reminder of it when you're coming and going throughout the day. Right. Uh, you know, when you're, you're getting the kids ready to get out to school, you see, you still see those names when you're, you know, I'm home in between meetings. I see those names, you know, when you're rummaging for a snack late at <laughs> night, it's there. And it's again, I mean, yes, I do formal prayers and all that stuff too. But for me, that kind of like constant little reminder like that, I mean, that's a form of prayer in its own way too. And it's, uh, it's, it's lifting those people up. It's being reminded to lift those people up, and it's it's helpful. I just think it's 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 a good thing. Other ways I pray I, I, in the morning uh, when I usually get to the office, I have a little time usually before anybody else gets here. I do that. I think about certain people. Uh, sometimes I sit in quiet and really don't try to say anything, but just listen. Yep. Sometimes I do something more formal or structured, like Wednesday mornings we have a little prayer group that gets together after a Bible study. And we do one of the liturgies in the hymn book, which is a morning prayer service, a spoken morning prayer service. So that's a little more liturgical, a little more formal. Right. But again, there's some rhythm to it, and there's we read a little scripture with that as well. And um, more and more, I'm trying to get into prayers that I say often. So I do the prayer of St. Francis a lot, you know, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. And I alluded to this on Sunday, too. I started doing Niebuhr's um, serenity prayer too, because that's also helpful, you know, change that, the things I can't to not change the things I, I, I can't and to know the, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's, it's helpful. Yeah. That's a very helpful prayer. And, and when I listened to your sermon and I heard that, I actually had a conversation last week with someone who was really struggling and really needed to hear that the serenity prayer. And that just really clicked with me. And it's not something that I, I guess, honestly, think about often, but it's something that is so helpful when I do. So right after I heard that, I, I, I sent them a text and say, hey, pray this. See if, if this is going to help connect you and yeah. to, to help relieve some of the anxiety that you are feeling right now. So I actually sent them a link to uh, your sermon because we talked a lot about anxiety. And, oh, yeah, cool. And so it was a really, really great sermon. So. Uh, the thing about that prayer that I like the most is it's so simple. It's not a lot to remember. And even if you change the words a little bit, the gist a, is what really matters. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, a lot of 12-step groups and, and those kinds of things use that. You mentioned addiction early on um, in our conversation here. A lot of people use that as part of the uh, recovery process. But I've started using it in just kind of more everyday situations uh, just because I, I find it helpful because there's a lot of things you just can't change. And if you're worried about it or trying to trying to do the things that you have no power over of, you're just going to drive yourself crazy. But there are certain things you can do, and there and and distinguishing them, really discerning that is uh, is good. And I think that's that's one of the things prayer offers is it's it's to give you a new view of whatever situation you're in, good, bad, joyous, depressing, whatever it is. You've got. Um, you know, it gives you a new perspective. To me, that's what prayer is about. That's what prayer needs to be about, you know, and sometimes we could make it to be this big, scary thing, but it's really just finding what is on our heart yeah. and seeing what our need is. And like you said, see what, what our passion is and meets the world's need. And that's that's what prayer is. It's it's the intersection of 
of our need, of the world's need, and, and, and connecting that with God. And sometimes I like to pray the Lord's Prayer as an outline more than as just the rote thing you say and yep. rattle off in 30 seconds. Um, if you if you just kind of say one of the lines at a time and just kind of think about everything, it just inspires with some silence. I think it, it I mean, Jesus teaches us to use that prayer. Yeah. So, I mean, it's helpful, you know, especially you say, you know, where heaven and earth meet or, you know, what is the kingdom or who do I need to forgive and, and where, where are daily needs being met or not? And, and how am I a part of that? on either side and and what are the evil places in this world and and things going on that need some real love and care again it's about changing your perspective and seeing something new yeah and and when folks don't know what to pray for or how to pray i typically steer them to start with the lord's prayer and the lord's prayer ha- meets any kind of prayer request we could ever imagine so if you don't know what to pray for and you want to encompass everything then, then start with the Lord's Prayer. And as that conversation begins, as you pray that prayer, and as you start connecting with God, and I really like what you said, sometimes you just spend some time listening to God. You, you pray the prayer, you offer your heart over in that prayer, and then you spend some time listening. And I find that when I don't know what to do, when I don't know what to say as far as prayers or anything like that, then I I do that, and I listen, and then the words start coming, and, and my heart begins to open to God and, and to my needs, and, and then I can really dig down a little deeper into those needs, and the words start coming. The other thing about um, the driving prayer that uh, David has inspired is it's, it's something that he's doing in the midst of his busy life, but yet he's still connected to a community of people, yeah. whether it's the Spirit of Joy where he serves as pastor or whether it's the number of people he's connected with online, that it, it's, I mean, faith is a team sport. Uh, right. So it's, it's all about the connections we make together and how we support one another, the, how we love one another, how we welcome others into that. So I think I just want to lift that up too, because sometimes we think of our spirituality as an individual effort and then maybe church works with that or against that. And, and maybe that's the wrong conversation. Maybe it's about we all have a spirituality, but it's all connected somehow. And when we have something, say, like a church, which we're both pretty familiar with because we serve in, in congregations, but that it really is about people. It's about, you know, it's about those daily pieces, you know, the people whose lives need some support and people whose lives have a lot to offer to others. And we all are both of those people. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And um, together, together as a team sport, we can do some pretty amazing things in the, the name of God. I mean, of course, there's a lot of baggage we carry with bad things we've done over the years, too. But um, by design, I think faith is meant to be something that's lived out together more than just an individual pursuit. Yeah, the aspect of community is so important in, in the life of faith. And I think one of the, our hopes in this podcast is to create that community in a, in a different way. And, you know, we both have been experimenting with Facebook Live in connection with our worship on Sunday and to see right. the number of people that we are able to connect right. with and bring the gospel to 
beyond the walls of our church in a very simple way has just been astounding to me. And the feedback that I have received since I've started doing it, it's just been phenomenal and it's really touched my heart and said and has told me, yes, this is an important piece of being community is not only to have that physical presence, that community that you gather with each and every week, which is critically important in my mind, but also to reach people in different ways through social media, uh, for example, the Facebook Live, or through a podcast like this where we can just have real conversations about our lives of faith and and talk about our, our joys and our struggles in that and just figure this thing out together and hopefully as we go along here, be able to take different steps in to be able in connecting with one another, with the people who are listening to the podcast, as well as people who have any sort of interest in, in, in faith life. Yeah, I think that's important. I think, too, just to add on to what you're saying, I mean, the rules have changed. You know, you used to have the church in your neighborhood, and that's where you went. Or you had the church that you inherited from your parents or grandparents, and that that was your church, right? Right. Um, now, I mean, I'm sure it's the same way for you up in Gardner, but for me down here, I've got people coming from 30 to 40 minutes in any given direction. So it's not like we have an a neighborhood. We've got several towns and a whole geography in which we relate to people, both in the building and out of the building. You know, we're connected through our denominational structures to people all over the world. You know, we're related ecumenically to other Christian groups and even cross faith in ways that weren't possible years ago. Right. Or people were too scary or something like that because we just, we feared the other too much, which we still do. But we also have the ability to connect in so many different ways now as well. And I think at least for the foreseeable future, we're going to be doing both and for a long time of, I mean, yeah, we need to be rooted in a place, I think with people that we know in person. Um, and of course, community is always stronger that way. But we also have the ability to, to reach out and connect with people all over the world in ways we weren't even possible, even a very short in our lifetimes ago. So we need to try to do both of those things. And um, prayer seems like a place that it's easier to connect than, say, doctrine or, say, one particular denominational heritage or even a a religious category, you know, you know, if we say, okay, we're a group of people, we happen to be Christians, we happen to be Lutherans, we happen to be in New England. Those, those are all true things, but we're also praying people. And uh, we'd like to invite you into that. And something as simple as I'm driving somewhere, what's on your mind? I'd love to pray about that while I'm doing it. It's just such a cool, easy amazing insight. <laughs> right, right. And it doesn't matter where you are, what you know, what you don't know. You can have no idea who who Jesus is or who God is, but once you have that initial conversation and you realize there is somebody out there who is going to listen to your prayers, who loves you more than anything else in this world, you can start praying. You know, you don't have to have some theological degree. You don't have to have been going to church your whole life or anything like that. You can start with prayer. And and you can also have someone pray for you. Growing up, I never remember or at least recall having one-on-one prayer with someone before. It was just a foreign foreign concept to me. And mm-hmm. 
my second year of college, I was part of this Christian group, a student-run worship service, and we expanded into different ministries. But part of what we had during the, the service is a prayer room. And I played guitar in the band, and we had a number of guitar players. So one night, I, I just wasn't feeling it. I had a lot of my, lot of my heart, a lot of my mind. There were some things going on you know, with my family, and I just was really struggling. And I walked into the prayer room, never not knowing what to expect, never had pray, prayed with someone before, sat down with this friend of mine, and she said, what would you like to pray for? And I had no idea, so we just started praying. And then the words started coming to, to, to my heart. We started praying together, and I just let it go. I, I, we prayed, I cried, it was one of the more moving, prayerful experiences in my life, and I f- left that conversation feeling a thousand times better because I knew that I just lifted all of these cares, all of these worries up to God, and in a sense, it was no longer in my hands. There, I, there was nothing that I could do about it anyway. I knew in a, in a very right. real way that it was in God's hands now that God was going to take care of it, that God was going to oversee and make sure that, that things turned out at least in a, in an okay way. What I learned from that is that I couldn't do it on my own. I needed a community. I needed to be with someone else and to know that that person continued to pray for me. And we connected a couple times later and talked about it some more, but it was just a, an, an amazing experience. And, you know, at that point, I was a 19-year-old kid who really, you know, gone to church my, most of my life, but really didn't have a theological degree or anything like that. And I was able to um, pray and just give everything over to God. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Recently in my life, um, those who know me, we have some close friends who recently lost their son who was six. It's been a real struggle. Um, and they're just these amazing, faithful people. And throughout his life, and he had a number of health problems, anytime anything would happen, you know, just, just pray for Isaiah, pray for Isaiah. They kept lifting that up, and they would they would share just what a support they felt through that. And even though, you know, things ended up not being cheery, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, he died. It wasn't uh, that everything then all worked out and everything was great. Still, just the the, the faithfulness of but God's got us and this community of people continues to lift us up and that somehow still in, in death, in the promise of resurrection, we're still connected to him. It's been really powerful uh, for me personally, uh, just just their witness of what that is all about. And uh, I know between us, uh, our, our mutual friends, when, um, when Sarah died last spring too, just that whole community of people that rallied around her and Dave and that ongoing presence of prayer throughout all of that. It, it binds us together in a, in a different different kind of way where it's not really about us, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> I was thinking too, just uh, some of the repetitions that you and I are familiar with as, as Lutheran Christians and some of his, Luther's explanations to parts of the Lord's Prayer. And l- let me just lift a couple of those up. You know, we pray for your kingdom to come and he, he would say, well, God's kingdom comes on its own without our prayer, but we ask that it may come also to us. Isn't that something? That is. That's or we really ask good. for God's will to be done. Uh, and his explanation is God's will comes with even without our prayer. But we ask 
that it might come about us in um, and in among us. I just think that's, isn't that what we're praying for? Um, we know that God is in charge. We know that God is part of our lives, but we ask to be reminded that we're included in that because we forget so easily, <laughs> especially in times of, of trouble. Right. Easy to feel like you're on your own, but we never are. And and then in, in what prayer does is it, it wakes us up to that again, to know that we're not alone. Yeah. And it's a good feeling to know that no matter what, there is someone there for you, that God is there for you, that there are people who love you and you are not alone. And it's easy to feel alone, especially when we're hurt, especially when, when life happens and we feel that there's nobody that will understand, that nobody is there for us to know that, yes, someone is there for you. God is there for you. People are there for you who love you deeply, and God's kingdom comes to us regardless. We don't have to do anything to receive God's love, that God's love is there, God's kingdom comes into our lives, and there are people who will surround you with love even if we, we don't know how to receive that love. Even if we try to push that away, there are people who will be there for you. And I know those people as people in my congregation. Those people are there, and they care. And they will be there no matter what. And I've yeah. seen that happen time and time again. As long as we put a need out there, you know, if we feel that we are alone, or if we are hurt in some way, people will respond because people, people do care. Yeah, and our I guess our missionary training 101 for you today is to lift up that people need to know that you care and yeah. that uh, you're lifting them in prayer as well. I mean, that's that's where we can really reach out to other people because there are a lot of hurting people out there. I mean, we're numbered among them, but there are people that do feel isolated, alone, forgotten, judged, just nothing's going right. And the way that they'll know that they're loved is for you to tell them. Prayer is an easy way to just do that. Yeah. I'm yeah. praying for you. Um, and, or can I pray for you? Right. Or, yeah. um, or you know, how about this? Are you okay? <laughs> you know, like that's that's all it takes. I mean, the, this doesn't have to be such rocket science. Uh, we, you know, we tend to think of, oh, evangelism, I don't want to do that. But it doesn't have to be convincing somebody. It's, it's, it's meeting them just to let, lap it back around. Your passion and the world's needs, and you know people in your life that need some love, and you are sent there to do some loving. Yeah, and and if we see someone who is in that situation where they might be a little off or they might look like they're sad, we may think, well, we don't know how to fix that. We don't know what the answer is. You know, that might that their problem might be bigger than anything that we can handle, but guess what? Their problem isn't so big that God can't handle it. So we can be there, we can listen, and then we can offer prayer. And that prayer is, like we've said over and over again so far this episode, that prayer is such a powerful thing, uh, and it changes, it literally changes people's lives. Yeah, so uh, just to wrap things up, I, I think we both have a lot to uh, think about still, and uh, thanks again to David Hansen for uh, inviting us into that. I mean, we talked about a lot of other things other than that car ride prayer, but uh, just that one little piece it gives you something to really contemplate and, and just think about how can I connect in a new way with folks. We invite you all to think about that as well. Yeah, and thank you very much for reflecting on that with me, Jeff. I think it was very helpful 
for me to think a little bit more about the importance of prayer and how I can offer that to other people. And hopefully you, the listener, have heard us talk a little bit about some of the things that you can do in your own life to offer prayer and support and love to uh, people who are around you and, and just to be able to talk to God yourself. So if you want to learn a little bit more about prayer and, and a little bit more about who we are and how we can help you connect your faith with your life, check us out on at twobaldpastors.com. We are also on Facebook, facebook.com slash twobaldpastors. We would love to hear from you and your experience in prayer and how prayer has affected you, or if you have questions, let us know when we, how we can be helpful in that area of your life as well. If you have not subscribed already, we would love to have you subscribe to our podcast so you get every single episode delivered to your favorite podcast reader. So you can subscribe. We're on Stitcher Radio. We're on iTunes. And hopefully, as soon as Google Play allows podcasts on there, which is sometime soon, we will be on there as well. And if you are subscribing, if you have listened to a couple episodes, we would really love for you to rate us on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. Uh, Let us know what you think. Give us a rating. That helps us get our podcast out to other people so we can help more and more people connect their faith with their life. Once again, I am Joe McGarry. And I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. Bye now. Bye. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors.